Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Episode 225. And... Okay, yes, we are getting sound. So, so (laughs) far, so far, it's working. (laughs) It's been a strange technology day. Why, I tell you what. So, okay, so I'm getting ready to, to start the stream. Hello, everyone. Jason Hunt here, and... I am Timothy Harvey, yes. and I did not forget to change the pictures to Sci-Fi Snob in the chat. I just <laughs> didn't do it. I will say though, uh, it, to to for for Snob, I disappoint a lot of people. Well, I'm not going to speak to that, but um, sci- so to address Sci-Fi Snob, I you'll notice I'm wearing a red shirt ish. It's I, very brown in this image, just well, so you know. Well, I. I'm wondering if I need any more light because it's it's a little you and I dark. Both, you and I both need to adjust our lighting settings in here for, yeah, for the video I th- portion well, of this the podcast. It doesn't matter, but for the I video had part. everything set over there in the studio. Right. So we had actually planned. We had actually planned to be in person tonight. This is we yes. we've both been. You know, we've been responsible and self-isolating and doing all the things that you do when you in your situation like uh, the pandemic we're in. And we were planning on actually being in the same room tonight. We were actually, you know, we, we actually went down and did some filming yesterday at a park. So we've actually been, you know, out in the world and around each other. But I did something to my back over the weekend, uh, probably related to basically how I'm using my computers. Again, coming back to that te- technology thing. Um, and just how I'm sitting and that sort of stuff. Cause I work from my desk for my day job, um, all the time. And I've, I've, while I primarily use the computer that this camera is on right now, I also use the one over here quite a bit recently. And I may have actually just put myself in a physical sitting position that has put pressure on, on my neck and, and upper back. So I've been in a lot of pain yesterday. Um, and then it's been a sinusy day because Kansas City weather can't make up its mind what it's going to do. I mean, this is May yeah. and it is, you know, I don't think it broke 60 today, um, but it's messing with my sinuses really bad. And it would probably be a bad look <laughs> to be sitting in the room with each other and I go into a sneezing fit because my sinuses are messing with me. I so, suppose. Um, yeah. Uh, All right, yeah. so I'm looking here because since everything crashed, I've got to pull this link back up. Uh, so let me go back over here. So, yes, this is uh, – hopefully this is going to be uh, a good show tonight. Um, it looks like we've we've frozen up over on Twitch. Twi- Twitch is kind of – for lack of a better word, pardon it, uh, twitchy. twitchy, yes, because <laughs> it it freezes a lot, and 
just kind of kind of glitches up and and given given give what's going on over there lately it may not be a bad idea for us to get off of there anyway but uh but anyway yeah um does it does it look brown it yeah it looks very brown I need better lighting this way because this is all computer lighting, which gives us sort of this red tint. Yeah. Um, and then you've got a sort of just overall brown red. Uh, you look like you got a filter. It's 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 a nice even color scheme for you, but yeah, uh, yeah a little brown. Well, our uh, our color scheme is red, um, but it's no, it's okay. Well, it is what it is, I guess. Burgundy. Oh, that'll work. Um, all right, so we've got uh, we've got a few people in the chat. Multiverse tonight, Sergeant Wag, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And now I look too bright. This is this is what happens. You're just gonna have to let it go. <laughs> this is what happens when you get something special planned, and everything is supposed to go just so, and then it doesn't. That's how it but, works. That's the nature of the world. But that's okay. I like I like Daniel's uh, I like Daniel's interpretation. How half red shirt, half brown coat, which means uh, it's a fifty percent chance you won't make it through the end of the podcast. And if I do make it through, I'll still lose. <coughs> so you know, I'm like, well, but now you'll have the courage of your convictions. Uh, there we go. As right? you still not as sure you die I'm horribly. Yeah. Um, no, uh, uh, to answer the question for sci-fi snob, we are not going to be working for Kathy Kennedy, uh, unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on your, your point of view. Hello, Robert. Okay. So we've got, uh, we've got quite a few people in here, which is good. Um, I like, I like seeing active participation in the chat because that's a, that's a, a good thing. So... How sh how should we should I start? Because there's I see some new names in the chat, some people who have just discovered us. Uh, I think because um, recently, over on Twitter and on Instagram, we had somebody repost our links to Cosplay Diaries, and I think that has uh, brought in a few new viewers. So welcome. Although our subscriber numbers have been doing this of late, you know, we get two, we lose two, we get two, we sure. lose two, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know if that's YouTube being YouTube or, uh, you know, we get some fake accounts subscribing and then they get pulled away or people, people subscribe and then they change their mind. I don't know. So sure. a lot of different things it could be. And one of the issues is you just can't tell. Yeah. Which is part of why we're doing what we're going to do um so uh let me let me cast your mind back we'll do a little scooby doo scooby doo scooby doo back to 2009 you could have programmed that effect in you know you could have you know i could you have let us course, down but given the fact that my computer is acting really 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 yeah dodgy yeah, right now probably best not so um Oh, Sergeant Wag started when when the con started to get canceled. So came came aboard with our our convention coverage. So welcome. All right. So back in February of two thousand nine, I'm going to do the the very short version of this. Back in two thousand nine, in February, Sci Fi Channel said we're going to be Sci Fi. We're changing our brand. 
And a lot of people were not happy with it. And at the time, I was seeing a lot of chatter, a lot of discussion on, on various different sites and boards and whatever. Why can't I just have a science fiction channel? It's just science fiction. No wrestling, no reality shows or anything. Now, since then, sci-fi has sort of managed to get back to their core. Uh, when they brought on Bill McGoldrick as a vice president of programming, things started to turn around. So I think people are less frustrated with sci-fi now than they were 11 years ago. Oh, no question. I think there's... Yeah. There's... And they've managed to produce some good programming in, in that time, and and in all you know, in all fairness and power to them, um, so there are certain shows on that channel that I uh, think is some of my favorite shows to watch on TV. They're still canceling them too soon. Oh well, there's no question about that but, either. You know, things they've, get too ex expensive, and you know they got to. They've got the do. they've got the 1990s, early 2000s uh, Fox problem, yeah. which is, hey, we've got a great show, let's kill it. <laughs> yeah. Although I have to, I have to wonder. The Fox model seemed to involve actively, really not liking the programs and doing everything they could to kill it, as opposed to Sci-Fi sitting there saying, "We're out of money. We have to kill it." You know, the the reasons oh, enough, for killing it are, are a little bit different. Well, and that's also the you know, unfortunately, that's also the Netflix model now too, which yeah. is we've created a successful show. It now costs money, and so let's stop doing it so we can create a new show that doesn't cost as much money so two years can go by and then we can kill it. Unfortunately, it's a, it's, I think it's a bad, bad model, Yeah. For, for certainly for, for fans. And not every show can get rescued like um, you know, Lucifer or anything, something like that. It's just you're going to see a lot more uh, Fireflies and Farscapes go the way of, of cancelization because of money than than you're going to necessarily or or the oa which or oa which which was mm. uh not a show that i watched but had a, a fairly sizable fan base uh and and very vocal and, and supportive and of course it reached a point where they did the same thing so yeah um you know it's it's a business model of a kind um and which also kind of ties into a little what we're talking about tonight yeah, because once uh, once that started, all the all the discussion and everything, the the idea back then was because the the Sci Fi Channel originally started as a local cable channel out in Florida. I did, I, I believe, down in in Pens Pensacola, Tallahassee, somewhere down southern southern Florida, and eventually got picked up. And seventeen years later, it's this big successful cable network on NBC Universal. Comcast, wherever it was. And I thought to myself, at the time, all of these people are, are clamoring for a science fiction network. Well, why couldn't there be a second one? Why couldn't there be two? Because you had, you had uh, space as a network in Canada. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. But why couldn't you have another one? And we grew up in a time where you had local access cable channels. You know, when we had cable... Uh, cable companies were, I believe, required to have a certain amount of, of uh, uh, bandwidth available for local programming, right. for right. people to come in and they can make their own shows as a local ca cable. Um, Wayne's World stuff. Not to mention at the time, if you had 24 hours to fill, there wasn't where we are now where yeah. 
there's more content than there is actually hours in the day for any network really. And which is why we have so many channels uh, that somebody that specialized the way that they do. But back then it was, you've got a show, it's from your basement, excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll take three. <laughs> and the other thing too is, you know, w- when you've got, at the time you have what seems to be um, a network that now suddenly doesn't doesn't appear to want to have their core audience be their core audience anymore. Right. Yeah. The perception at the time was sci-fi was moving away from science fiction and they were going into something more like USA. Mm-hmm. And so my idea was you take take the original idea of the sci- of the sci-fi channel, which was this local channel. And marry it to the idea of the the local access cable. Only you do it online. And this is back in the day before Netflix was streaming. Before we had all of these other streaming services, Netflix was still mailing DVDs out and competing with Blockbuster. Okay, so we didn't have the technology, or the money, or the staff, or anything that you would need in order to really adequately do this. I researched a lot of what it would take. And it would take a lot of money, which I didn't have and still don't have. Um, but so, it, you know, this this site started off in March of 2009. It's just, you know, it's just another blog. Mm-hmm. And eventually we got to the point where we were making a bunch of video programs and we got onto YouTube and, you know, we've expanded. And now we're on Twitch and, and BitChute and Library and we're on all these different all the, all these social media and we're going to all of these events. And we're interviewing all of these celebrities and things are going really great. And then add Apocalypse 1 hits. And then add Apocalypse 2 hits. And somewhere in the middle of all of that, we lost our monetization for our channel. Now, somebody had parked on Sci-Fi for Me way back in 2007. And if you go back and you look, you know, the channel was created in 2007. We didn't get it until 2011 when I had to basically chase YouTube and bug them to release it so we could have it. By that time, we had our site. We had all of our stuff going on. Right. And I said, you know, we really would like to have this, you know, this custom URL because we're sci-fi for me and we're everybody else. You know, we're the, the, the ID had been taken and parked by uh, Jehovah's Witness uh, or something. I was like, what does this have to do with science fiction? What is, what is this? So we finally got it. We, we went on the air in uh, 2011 with reviews for humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's grown. We've, we've had some hit and misses and, you know, different shows have sure. worked and some haven't. We've done a number of podcasts. At one point, we had, I think, what, 11 at one point that we were doing different shows all at once. Yeah, yeah. Which was a lot. And yes. now on uh, on YouTube we have nine nine programs that we produce on the regular, right. including this show. This show has been going on since December of 2012, and we've hit various different milestones along the way. A lot of staff turnover, turnover rather, because it's it's a all volunteer thing. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago. 
in the middle of Adpocalypse 1, Adpocalypse 2, the implosion of the comics industry, our, our monetization going away, and then when we got to Star Wars Celebration and we're broadcasting live from these events, and, and we got our monetization back. Well, back in 2016, we broadcast live coverage of Worldcon, the World Science Fiction Convention, which was you know where the Hugos are, and it was here in Kansas City. And people were asking us then, is this your new model? Because people were starting to figure out what we were doing because we were doing interviews live on the floor right there. You know, you know, yeah. a, a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, Tim made David Brin late to his own panel. He helped me with that. David yes. Brin did. <laughs> yeah. He was. But no, it was it was amazing. It was it was an incredible experience interviewing somebody who is really one of the you know, an author that I've as a fan of for decades and to have the chance to actually sit down and talk to him. You don't get those opportunities. You've had a chance to interview people when we've done stuff at uh, places like planet comic con, you did main stage interviews with, with some amazing talent. Yeah. Um, so we've had, had, so we've had some incredible opportunities along the way to, yeah. to, to as fans, let alone as people producing content, just as fans to have a chance to talk to these folks and yeah. spend time with them. It's been wonderful. Yeah, and and you know, sitting sitting on stage with Ming Na Wen is is a highlight. You know, uh, you know, we've talked to Carrie Elways and and Stephen Amell. We've had the cast of Lost Girl, and and you know, we've talked to two different Supergirls. You know, Laura Vandervoort and and Helen Slater, and you know, all the Boba Fetts. And yeah, you know, it's it's been an amazing run. Of, of things that we've been able to do just simply because we sat there and we said, okay, well, let's just go do it. Right. And there are times, there have been times, it hasn't been as frequent this last year, but there have been times it's felt to me since we were doing all of this stuff on limited resources and limited budget and all of this, it has felt like Andy Hardy put on a show in the barn. Even though we're putting on a really good show. I mean, you look at all of these graphics that we've got, and a lot of that is my 30 years in media. I know how to do all of this stuff, video production, graphic design, and whatnot. Sure. And uh, it's it's been one of those things where I take what I know and what I'm able to do, and I gather around me people that have various different skills and talents, and we've been able to put together some really top-quality content. Except nobody sees it. And I mentioned the two adpocalypses. There was also the, the situation with Kappa last year with the changes in the interpretation of that rule. And YouTube, over the last couple of years, especially since it was bought by Google and Alphabet, it seems to have turned its focus away from the individual independent creator, the small guy, and gone through... Yeah, and and put their focus on the subscription model with YouTube Red, and you know stuff like Jimmy Kimmel and MSNBC, and you know the corporate Hollywood stuff, rather than the little guy. And to be perfectly fair, this is for them very likely a very successful business model, and their accountants probably love it, and their shareholders probably love it, and it's a probably an extremely profitable model. However, yeah. Uh, and sci-fi snob, you're right. We do have 
top quality viewers like you. And it, it's and, and this is where I should have there's somebody and I don't know who's got it. There's a YouTube uh, a YouTube channel whenever he gets a whenever he gets a super chat or a donation, he pulls up an old PBS, you know. Our programming is made possible by viewers like you. You know that that thing? Oh, sure, right. Yeah, yeah. We should probably do some more clips and stuff like that. I just I just worry about getting dinged on copyright. And and that's that's one of the biggest things that's been a frustration for us here is every single week. About an hour yeah. after we finish Good Morning Multiverse on Saturday morning, I I know I'm going to get an email that says you've got a copyright claim on this piece of music. We get a copyright claim from a company called AdRev every week on the theme song, the music that we use for Good Morning Multiverse. It's very frustrating because they have multiple copies of our license. They know we have permission for the music, and yet they continue to do the copyright claims. Now, these are not strikes, fortunately, uh, but the claims mean they start getting the ad revenue instead of us. What little ad revenue we get because, again, all of the focus is on the big corporate stuff. We don't show up that much in search. We don't right. show up in the recommended videos and all of this other you know, ways that you can find us. So we're trying to figure out how, we, how do we adjust for this? How do, we, how do we do something different? And, of course... Well, and it's yep. tough also for the fact that, that the way that YouTube actually generates these algorithms to actually show you things is intentionally opaque. Yeah. They're not really, and, and again, from their point of view, from a business model point of view, this is probably makes a lot of sense. However, we run into the problem again that we don't actually, because we don't know how they're doing it, because it's really, really almost impossible to determine exactly how they're doing it, um, there's no way to adjust for it. You can't adapt to something you don't understand how they're using their system to make those determinations. Yeah. Now, aside from the fact that these are the folks who are generating them a lot of ad revenue, therefore they're focusing on that. I mean, that's the obvious part of it, but there's, you know, there's, there seems to be more to it than that. And there's a lot of um, and we, are, of course, are not the only people who deal with this. This is not something that we are not going there picking on us. Right. There is, yeah, this is across the board. You're seeing lots and lots of people who are dealing with this. Yeah. And, of course, getting an explanation for uh, why you might continually be getting a copyright claim on you, even though you have the rights and they know that. Um, because so much of this stuff is automated. Yeah, and I, I I got to the point where I filed a complaint with the Better Business Bureau of Los Angeles and Silicon Valley for AdRev's parent company mm -hmm. and explain why. And I've even had email conversing, you know, email communications with someone who works for AdRev. And I've told them I'm like I said, they've got multiple copies of our license. Here's here's the license that allows us to use this piece of music. And uh, it was funny because Sunday night during uh, during Pineapple, I was going through and I was looking for new music for a couple of new things that we're talking about doing. And so I knew I, I just went ahead and demonetized the 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 episode anyway because I knew going into it, I'm going into the I'm going into audio blocks, right. and I'm going to be listening to all of these different tracks. And I know at some point AdRev's going to ding me on copyright. And sure enough, they did. 
so it's it's this frustration and then seeing what's going on you know with Kappa and the new rules that was that changed over when they said you have to you have to say is this for kids is it not for kids even though the the government said we understand there's a mixed audience and you're going to make stuff that kids might see even though it's not you know they're not the intended audience but YouTube wants to put it all on us rather than you know take their part and and make it easier for us to do these things and then of course you have what's going on with a certain video game developer about a certain video game and all of that you know the DMCA strikes that are going on right now and the copyright strikes that are going on right now and and multiple times we're going to release it only to strike you again so it extends out another 40 days right and it's those kind of shenanigans the abuse of that system the the mass flagging if you've got you know if you've got a channel that is wrong think and let's mass flag them and get their videos taken down for for whatever reason it is this happens a lot you know you get the you get the us versus them and you get one group mass flagging a video and this other group's mass flagging this video and there's the neener 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 back and forth well even leaving even setting aside that if you go to youtube help and look through their uh comment section in their community yeah, and people asking for an explanation and you can find all kinds of folks of every level of uh, size talking about, you know, channel ter terminated because I sent a D DMCA counter notice more than once. How do I reinstate it? Yeah. YouTuber count terminated for fraud copyright claim for somebody who's saying I'm the person in the video. Um, why won't YouTube punish this creator who is blatantly and seriously breaking the terms of service? Now, I'm not speaking, I'm not going to sit there and say that these, you know, the, the, whether or not these are justifiable or not, you know, I'm not going to be able to make the judgment on that. But you see this sort of stuff a lot. There's, there's a lot of people in there. There's a lot of folks who are dealing with this situation. And again... You run into the fact that a lot of this stuff is automated, and especially right now, we seem to be in a situation where YouTube, curiously, despite the fact that you know it's owned by a company that I'm pretty sure is used to doing computing by long distance, yeah, um, doesn't seem to be ha apparently has sent home a significant chunk and and at least furloughed or something along those lines the actual physical human people. Who are who do this manually? Now, obviously, YouTube is gigantic. Okay, there are so many videos on there. To actually have someone who could work their way through this, um, you'd have to have a gigantic staff. Mm -hmm. And I presume that they have a fairly large staff who do, do this. But okay, there's leaving aside all the uh, reasons why <laughs> um, you run into this thing where it's just this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And one of the problems with, with, you know, look, we can do amazing things with machines. We can do amazing things with programming and machine learning is a cool idea. And having building these algorithms to track this stuff is a great idea. And from a business standpoint, you know, eventually you can replace your human staff, which is even better for you financially, I'm sure. No. Uh, however, 
we come back to the issue then that there's a garbage in garbage out problem with this with with this sort of thing and um i was telling jason this story the other day because and i i just have to share it because it's so much fun because it's such an example of just dumb um there was a university uh harrisburg university and uh, uh they put out a press release and then got an interview with the local paper discussing the software they built which would enable by facial recognition to be capable and i'm quoting here capable of predicting whether someone is likely going to be a criminal. Okay, they wrote a program, which is going to look at a picture of you and determine whether or not you have criminal tendencies. Because that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. No, it doesn't work (laughs) like that at all. Um, There are the one of the kindest things I'd heard it described as is 21st century phrenology. And if you're not familiar with phrenology, (laughs) (laughs) oh, just one of the many, many dumb things where people sat there and went, you know, the bumps on your head or, you know, the shape of your face. These things tell you things they just don't tell you. Just That's not how people work. Um, Now, of course, when a lot of people pointed out this was was the thing that could not actually happen uh, and was not anything near what they were claiming they've pulled it they've since pulled it down the university has 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 yanked all this information and quite justifiably slow you cannot program a computer to look at people because people can't look at people and say you you jason hunt person you have criminal eyes you know i mean you can say that but you know it's nonsense it's utter utter nonsense yeah okay so um, it just it just isn't how it works. Yeah. So with all of this going on, and and with the success of what we've been able to do with our with our uh, our our technology, our, you know, various cameras and now the broadcasting software and all of these different things, uh, the technology essentially has caught up to the idea that I originally had, and we've been talking about doing this for a while. But seeing all of the all of the crowdfunding success that a lot of the independent comics have have started to to gain in the last couple of years in combination with everything that's going on over on YouTube. And now it looks like Twitch might be the next target on some of this stuff. We've decided that we're going to throw our hat into the ring and we're going to dun, 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 we're going to launch an Indiegogo campaign of our own. And this is this is not live yet. Uh, but this is, uh, this is about to, we're going to, this is the pre-launch page, uh, that people can sign up for, uh, to get information. We're going to try this and see what happens. What we're doing is we are going to build out our own .tv website to which we can stream all of our videos. So basically, we take our YouTube channel and we isolate it into its own channel that we control. You know, we control the horizontal, we control the vertical, we control the advertising, we control right. the traffic, we control the notifications, all of it is under our our control, not some anonymous company somewhere out in 
California that doesn't have a good customer service department or anything. So this is the new thing. Sci-fi for me TV is going to be this, this thing here. And this is just basically, we're explaining a little bit about what we're doing. This is going to be, here, let me take these two bits off. This is basically us saying that, you know, no politics, no cancel culture, no gatekeeping. We're going to do this and we're going to do this with the fans in mind. We're working with limited resources, yes, but we are going to do our best to to give you something of value as a, essentially a TV station online. So that's going to go live tonight. Uh, when we get when we get out of here, uh, or maybe I can maybe I can do it now. Let me see here, because um, basically what we're going to do is you know we have to we have to pay for uh, the design of the architecture, the actual codes, uh, you have the 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 programming of the site in order to be able to right. you know go there. We've got to pay for. Um, hosting fees and storage and all of that kind of thing where we do this um we've got we basically have to build a new site we've got we've already got our .com website uh but now we're going to be building a .tv website that now has to serve this and serve up all of the video um and Tim Tim can continue gatekeeping his pictures and put them right where they are. All so. I'm saying <laughs> is that for a, a certain tier level, I will rotate my pictures uh, pretty much any way you want me to. I'm more than happy to do that. Okay. I just clicked the button. I should have done a countdown. I should have made a big deal out of it, but I didn't because we're subtle that way. And not to mention the fact that the way the technologies have been going today. Right. So <laughs> this pre-launch is now live and we will put it let me do this i will take a link i will copy the link here and i'm going to put it in the chat boom there it is see if it works we'll see um it's a link it's right there in the chat it is what? i see it this is the pre-launch page. This is this is where you can sign up for uh, the essentially a, a newsletter. The Indiegogo updates will send right. out. Uh, now we also have our regular newsletter. If you go over to the to the .com, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is going out. And that's another way that we're trying to circumvent uh, what's going on over at YouTube. So because for a while the notifications for our videos weren't going out for days after our video would go up. Um, so what we've started to do on Sunday, we send out a newsletter that says, here's what's coming up this week. Just to kind of give, you know, prime the pump a little bit and just let people know what our shows are going to do because sure. I, I don't trust YouTube at this point. In, in my view, given all of the different things that have come out and different, all of, you know, all of the different activities and people dealing with what they're dealing with, to me... YouTube is a bad actor in the scenario. 
So even if they're see? not, even if they're not a deliberately bad actor, they're what their business model is doing right now is not benefiting us in the way it has in the past right. or should in the future. And with what we want to do, what we are already doing, it's just not a model that ultimately is working for us the way it should. And since we don't have any control over what YouTube's going to do in the future um, and the current trend that they're leaning towards or certainly, uh, well, no, what they're currently doing and what it appears that they're leaning towards, which is basically big guys, yay, small guys, no. Again, all power to their business model, whatever they want to do, you know, it's their company. However, that, that, that word I like so much, however, yeah. um, it's, it's not best for us and what we want to do. And there comes a point, and Jason's been thinking about this for a while, um, that, you know, you basically, you have to do what's right for what you want to do with your thing, with your creation, with your product, with your concept. And that's a decision that, you know, for all that YouTube is this big thing, this, this big platform, if it's not serving your purpose as a creator, it's not serving your purpose as a content producer or, or someone just putting your own information out into the world, whatever it is you're doing, maybe you don't stay there anymore. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. And it's, we're jumping off the cliff. This is something that I've been debating for a while now. I, and I, and I will admit, you know, when we came back, cause in late 2018, I had gotten to a point where our traffic, I, I was so frustrated with our lack of traffic and the fact that we, our audience just wasn't growing, especially after Worldcon, especially after we did this huge big thing with, uh, with, with Planet Comic Con. We did St- a Star Wars celebration. And Star Wars Celebration got us over the hump for monetization. But past that, it just kind of, we kind of stalled out. And right. uh, hello, Matuin. Ahoy. Welcome. Uh, thanks for thanks for getting here. Uh, Sci-Fi Sob, our, our, uh, our initial ask is going to be 5,000. I have absolutely no idea if we're going to get that much. Uh, but what what we're going to do with that, uh, it, it pays for the design of the site. It pays for server space at our hosting company that hosts the .com. We're going to host the .tv at the same place, so we've got to pay for that space. It, it includes a retainer fee for the guy building the, the site to be our on-call IT department, essentially. And... Uh, we're also going to take some of that money and and pay for some advertising, buy some promotions, and and tell tell people that we exist. You know, it's going to be the we're here, we're here, we're here fund, as it were. Right. And if anything goes past that, uh, then you know, who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll get to a point where we can actually start paying some of our 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 staff. Uh, but the goal eventually is to get it. One, to get it stable, to get an audience that's that's big enough to attract advertisers and get advertising revenue that comes in that we can start paying our staff. And we can actually start doing something, you know, doing a lot of this full time. 
And I'm also looking at taking this channel as a .tv and also taking that content and putting it places like Roku, Pluto TV. I mean, there's, there's plans to expand, but this also gives us an opportunity to provide space for other creators. So if you've got somebody that's over on, on YouTube, uh, who is just, you know, f you know, their, their numbers are flat. They're not getting any audience. And we think that it's, you know, real quality content, then maybe we provide them a platform. Maybe we sit there and say, okay, we'll give you a half an hour and you sell this many ads and we sell this many ads and here's how the revenue splits and we do that. In the meantime, the cat climbs the walls and <laughs> we... At least some of our programming will probably just be Tim's cat adventures and probably this You one. know, I'm telling you, we could strap a Go GoPro to any of these and, and maybe make a show out of it. Um, but see, that, but the other, the other part of that is uh, another thing that we want to do is movie night. Uh, we've had some success with uh, the watch parties over on Twitch, and that's still a possibility. But we also want to be, um, we also want to be able to just play a movie, and you guys watch the movie and do kind of like the, you know, Joe Bob Briggs, Elvira, B movie, drive-in theater type of thing, where we get. Sure. We and it costs money to get this to get access to the libraries for these films, and a lot of them are in the public domain. But then you've got stuff that's not in the public domain, and those cost a lot more money. But we figure we start with the public domain stuff, and whether it's you know the Thursday night movie or the Saturday night movie or whatever, we're able to do that. And then we've got some other ideas for a ton more programming. But we need the resources in order to be able to do all of these things because I, you know, when when we came back in January, let's say I think I started making notes in October of 2018, September October of 2018. I ended up with about 30 pages of notes and a full page, single spaced of all the different ideas for shows that we could do. Right. So it's. It's it's it, you know it's right there. The potential is there. And yes, Eastland, it could be a platform for others because what we could do is like uh, like UPN or like any TV network. You take the TV network. The TV network is somebody like like UPN or Viacom CBS or you know any of those. Uh, well, Viacom CBS is the company. CBS, the CW, um, the WB, any of those. And the network is not always the production company. You look at a lot of stuff on, right. on sure. you know, HGTV or TLC or you know, any of those. You know, a lot of this High Noon or Fremantle or uh, King World, you know, these syndicated shows and all of that. And so we, we could partner up with productions with with other providers other content creators who provide us with programming and like i said before we do the revenue split with the ad with the advertising they make the spot you know they make the show all we do is provide a place for it and be able to do uh some advertising with it so there's there's potential there there's a lot of possibilities so um and in all fairness you know we 
there's no there's no illusions here, guys. We we are aware that this while we want it to work, there's always a chance it won't. But here's the thing, if you don't try, you're never gonna find out. Yeah. You're never, if you don't take the opportunity, you don't take the risk. You don't take the the when the opportunity arises to make this kind of decision, and you find yourself at the point where you you know that you can, um, why not why not do the thing? Why not yeah. why not take the opportunity to to do what what Jason really had in mind originally for the site, and you know the the opportunities, the potential is is there for a lot of really cool things that we can do. Yeah, so. and and the other thing too, as as Mrs. Boss pointed out over here, w with the events, and this is something we saw a little bit with Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, they had a deal with Read Pop for a while that you know for a couple of years there, they were live streaming the Q and As, the celebrity Q and As from a particular stage at various different events, New right. York Comic Con. Right couple of others, you know, read pop events. Mm -hmm. And it's something that we've been doing for much longer. And, you know, people, people looked at us and were like, is this, is this the new thing? This is the new idea. And we we're like, well, yes, of course it is. But we didn't have, we didn't have the ability to capitalize on it yet. Right. And, and now with all of this quarantine and lockdown stuff, all of these events are sitting there going, well, you know, we could do something virtual after we've been sitting there saying, hey, why don't we do something online? Why don't we do something online? Yeah. Why don't we do something live? So that's that's where we are, you know, as events are starting to come out. And, and yes, we're going to get back to a point where events are actually happening at the convention center oh, sure, because that's the we're... thing. But maybe now we're at a point where these events realize the value of some kind of live stream element to their events. And we can come in and say, Hey, we've been doing this since 2016. Why don't you let us partner with whatever and let us do a few things. And, you know, we'll just take that off your hands and we'll, we'll broadcast like we've been doing. Mm -hmm. So, well, and certainly in the in the medium to the short to medium term, possibly the long term, depending on how how things just play out, because you never know. Um, you know, there's gonna there's going to likely be a virtual component to a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and and we are we do have the experience in doing it. We've we cut our teeth uh, and and made the mistakes and did all the things that you're like, oh, we're not doing that again, or oh, this is really we have to do this again because this is this really works. Yeah, we've done that before, and and we did it. We didn't do it just on you know the small level. We did it at WorldCon. <laughs> yeah, we jumped in headfirst in one of the biggest literary conventions that's out there, uh, and you know that's that's not a small thing. We were very very proud of what we produced during that during that time, and we produced a ton of content during that time. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's. It's up on, on on our YouTube channel, and uh, it'll it'll be up in other places as well. Uh, but oh, yeah. you know, there's we there, there's been a lot that we've been able to accomplish, and this is just an opportunity to do yeah. more and bigger and have control. That is, you know, there's on one level, it's okay. We had certain opportunities through YouTube. Their business model is changing. 
we've got other opportunities and we're going to take them. Yeah. Well, and, and when we were back at Worldcon, uh, Mindy reminded me, we, we ran across Walter Day was there. And some of you may or may not know who he is. He invented the online gaming statistics model. So all of the online tournaments, all of the gaming tournaments for, you know, video games. Right. He came up in his twin twin something. I can't remember the name. Well, it's in the it's in my it's in our thing. Let me look. Um, but he basically looked at what we were doing and said, this is a game changer. And that was four years ago. And since then, you know, Twin Twin Galaxies is the thanks, is thanks, the Dan. company he started, and it basically keeps track of all of the on you know, all of the all of the the online tournaments and the gaming and all of this stuff. And uh, he's uh, he's looking at this. He's going, "This is a game changer. This is really cool. This is really neat." And we thought, "Okay, well then let's keep doing it." Right. So now we're we're actually going to sit and and try to do this for real and I'm pretty much figuring that we don't have enough people <laughs> to to make a go of this so we're going to we're going to you know part of that is you know we've got to recruit we've got to you know we've got to put put talent together you know more than what we have already uh, and part of that is the fact that it's all volunteers, so everybody is able to do things as they're able. So you know we have a lot of turnover, but we do uh, we do all of this as fans, and we do this for fans. And one of the things that we're trying to do is present a, a platform, content on a platform, where there's no gatekeeping, where there's no politics we don't care who you voted for we don't care what your religion is if you have religion or not we don't care who you sleep with we don't care what color your hair is any of that stuff and the news when we did our big we did a big google survey um at the beginning of 2019 and people were Invariably, there was one question we we kept getting the same answer in a in a multiple choice thing, is that news news content sites like ours there has to be a clear delineation between news and opinion, and that that one kept going over and over and over and over right. again. It just really resonated with me that uh, you know the talk shows like this we do opinion and commentary and we just discuss things. This is not a news program, and we're we're doing our best to make it very clear which shows are the news programs and which programs are the are the talk shows. That's why we have Triple Bites, we have Deep Space Minds, we have Salacious Crumbs, we have the Ranker Pit, because one is news, one is talk. And that's the kind of thing that we want to do. We want to present this stuff. And I would love to have a research staff. I would love to have associate producers who could help us book guests right, because right. we want to do more interviews. And and yeah, it you know, uh, Eastland. Funny you should mention that showing collections because we had a show very briefly called Star Wars Cribs yep. that was kind of a play on what MTV was doing with Cribs. 
and we would talk to people about their Star Wars collections. And it was sort of a sort of a pilot program. It was a proof of concept. Uh, but we can do that kind of thing where we would go, we could go look at geek collections. We could, you know, look at that Batman collection in the basement of the, who, what's, what's that guy's, there's a guy, I want to say he's in Iowa, but he's got this massive Batman collection. You know, there's a guy that owns half a dozen Batmobiles there, you know, all of these different things. There's, there's an actual Munster's house on 1313 Mockingbird Lane down somewhere in Texas. I mean, these, these are things we want to do. Um, there, was a, there was a program, and you can find it uh, on – well, let me, let me look it up because uh, I managed to uh, do an interview with a group in Oklahoma City at one point. It's not down there anymore, but – uh, they had a fully realized bridge of the USS Enterprise. And I think right. it's in Atlanta now. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I would I would love to be able to do this kind of thing all the time. You know, go to these places and here, I'll put that. I'll put that in the chat. So there, you can see us on the bridge of the USS Enterprise in that video right there of the link. Um, but we want to be able to do that kind of thing. You know, the toys that made us, that documentary series, stuff like that, where we talk to people about all of this stuff. And you know, someone said, "Gur grumbled your name." <laughs> Okay, so Eastland found us by somebody complaining about us. I'll take it. Success. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it could be Gary. You know, um, if if someone's not complaining about you, are you anybody really anymore? I know, I mean, right? I know. It's it's one of those things. Well, it looks like Gary's already been here. Oh, so there. you know, Gary, yeah. You. Um. Yeah. Well, see, and it's it's one of those things where. Yeah, I look at everything that's going on and, you know, my 30 years in media uh, is is one of those things where I'm sitting there going, I have to be able to do something with it. But I have to be able to do something with it that I enjoy. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's really funny because, you know, for I, when I started doing the job I'm doing now working for this grant writing company basically started as administrative assistant and just it was a it was a great way for me to get away from the four years of driving you know pathology as a pathology career which had its own fun but still uh as on a creative side it was just death i mean it just murdered all the stuff i was trying to do I basically had a four-year drought for making movies my ability to help with the site fell off dramatically i mean there's just been so much that that it was it was bad for um and, and you're still recovering from that part. I'm still recovering from that. Um, because to some degree, what ended up happening with my job is I've got a graphic design degree. I have a graphic design degree that I graduated from college in 1992. So it's a rusty graphic design degree. But a funny thing happened. That's a significant chunk of my job now yeah. for the company I work for. I am, in many ways, I've become the advertising department. And so I got to dust off this graphic design degree and relearn all the things that, you know, a ton of technology that happened in between then and now, and all these various things, which has been great and really wonderful on a creative side. So the idea that, you know, this is a really interesting time where the creative stuff and, and, and the, the, the education, the places where we found the things we went to school for, 
the things we wanted to be when we grew up. And now we're grown up, sort mm-hmm. of. Wow. We're, we're adultish. Um, you know, we, we get a chance to actually play with this stuff and, and do it in a way that is unexpected to some degree because we both made decisions earlier on in life that this is not what we're going to be doing. And yeah. well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> it all comes around. Time, time is a circle. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I said adult-ish, Dan. I I did not say gr- adult-ish. Yeah. So here it is for those of you coming in late. It is live now. Uh, this is the pre-launch page uh, for the new Sci-Fi for Me TV, uh, which is going to be a dot TV URL destination for us to stream instead of streaming primarily to YouTube we are going to stream to our own channel uh, for all of the stuff that we're doing now we're going to continue to do only we're going to do it ourselves and let me I don't know can I do this um, now Eastland asked earlier are we still planning on putting any content out on YouTube YouTube and uh, YouTube and Twitch and BitChute and library will all be archive repositories so we have the ability to stream to right now we can stream to two different destinations at a time so uh, so tonight for example we're streaming to YouTube and Twitch, even though Twitch doesn't really have, you know, very much in the way of tools um, or 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 traffic. Um, but what it is, is it gives us, you know, it gives us that ability that we do, too. Uh, so what we'll probably end up doing is stream to the dot TV and to YouTube as the backup and we'll record everything and then all of the rest of that as we go through the shows that'll all get uh uploaded to all of the rest of them. now youtube directly feeds to library and bitshoot at this point so it'll probably continue to do that but we'll probably have to upload to twitch if we keep doing anything on twitch right so it it we're trying to use as much of the automated tools as we can in order to make sure that the content goes out where it's supposed to go uh, and some of it's going to be, you know, hit and miss and, you know, hunt and peck on the keyboard and figure it out and we learn as we go. But um, given what we know so far, I think we'll be okay. Let me, let me do this here real quick because this piece of video is brand new. I will let people uh, see this and then uh, we'll talk more here let me see if it'll do it do it hi i'm jason hutt editor here at sci-fi for me i also make the coffee most of the time and i take out the trash on occasion but more importantly i'm a fan just like you since i was a kid i've been steeped in science fiction the adventures of superman with george reeves Star Trek, Battle of the Planets, Star Blazers, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, The Justice League, Dungeons and Dragons, Battlestar Galactica, Car Wars, Starfleet Battles, and I had a hot streak playing Asteroids on the Atari 2600, thank you very much, Heinlein, Bradbury, McCaffrey, Clark, Starlog, 
I saw Star Wars in the theater in 1977 and I watched it so many times when cable first came out that I had the whole movie memorized. I'm sure you have your stories too because some of you are like me, lifelong fans, and some of you are just getting started. That's okay too. The beauty of fandom is that anyone can belong and sometimes people lose sight of that. Sometimes even people trying to please fandom lose sight of that. In 2009, the Sci-Fi Channel changed their brand, and a lot of people were not pleased. They wanted a channel dedicated to science fiction. No wrestling, no reality shows, just good old-fashioned speculative fiction of every stripe. And I had an idea. Why not put something like that on the internet? Kind of like a modern-day local access cable channel. Eleven years later, the technology has finally caught up with the idea, and so in the next few days, we're going to be talking about this a lot. And we're going to give you an opportunity to be a part of it because, like we said, anyone can belong here. The new Sci-Fi For Me TV is just around the corner. We hope you stick around to check it out. There it is. We're taking the plunge. It's neat. But jumping off the cliff. So, I, is 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 it nerd or geek? Which would best describe? Yes, me? I would say probably. Yeah, a little bit of both. I yes. once saw. What did I see one time? I I once saw the definition of nerd versus geek. Um, geek is an uber fan who knows all of the details yeah, about things. A nerd was the one who was uh, more interested in the processes of a but thing. But see, then you have computer geek. So, I mean, it's, it ends up being... It, there are terms that don't mean quite what they, uh, they used to, I'm yeah. afraid. Um, yes, uh, uh, Robert, uh, we know what the internet is for, that and cat pictures. Um, I yep. provide the cat pictures. I, mine move. Um, so that you're you off for the other thing you're off to have to do your own that we, I'm afraid I don't have those here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, the other thing though, is, you know, with, with us having all, and this is one of the things that I really <laughs> want everybody to understand is that we're coming at this from the standpoint of being fans and a lot of discussion about certain franchises <clears throat> involve the question as to whether or not the people making the thing are actually fans of the thing. And that does have a tendency to skew your perspective a little bit. If you don't like something and you suddenly are in charge of this thing, are you going to keep making it the way it always has been? Or are you going to try to change it up to be something more like what you want it to be and thus alienate all the fans? We saw it with Star Wars. We saw it with Sci-Fi Channel. You know, all of these, you know, you see this over and over and over again. This thing becomes successful. People become involved. They keep changing it. Then it's not successful anymore. We want to avoid that here. We want to continue just kind of doing what we're doing because this is essentially proven to be a fairly solid model. And, you know, it's, well, it's like Eastland said. It's just people don't know about it. So part of the money that we're raising is going to be uh, used for advertising expenses, 
you know, we'll, we'll probably do some Google ads. We'll probably do some Facebook ads. We may even pay for a billboard, you know, because there's a, there's a thing now you could, you could, you can do electronic billboards because, you know, you don't have to pay for making the sign now. You just hand them a file, and here it is, and it goes up on a big screen. So we may be able to do something something along those lines. So and maybe even do uh, a show called Office Dog Doodles, where we give Penny, we tie a pen or a paintbrush or something to Penny's tail. Oh, God. <laughs> So that's that's gonna be uh, a a young woman with green hair on me too and take a seat. No, we're we're not gonna. I, no. Um, well, we do Town have. Town Crier. The, there used to be. There used to be. You know. Uh, there used to be a shop called Town Crier in Kansas, and I don't know how far out they went. That actually was a place where I could get a lot of graphic novels at a time when uh, there weren't that many comic book shops in Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Manhattan, Kansas, when I went to college. So Town Crier was where a place I picked up a lot of my comic books and my, uh, uh, that's kind of an interesting kind of blast from the past there. Well, and the other thing too, you mentioned, you mentioned being, being around for some of that stuff. Have a good night, Eason. There is, uh, thanks Eason, uh, for, for being here. Um, one of the things that we have dealt with, and this is something from, even further back than than our our time <clears throat> is uh the fanzine you know because everything's on the internet now but uh you mentioned you know the town crier sending out mailers and that kind of thing that's actually something that we talked about doing a print version of something you know doing some kind of a mailer and actually um doing uh because i found a formula for mimeograph ink and now we have a printer that you can fill the reservoir with the ink you know the re the the refill tanks right so i've even thought at some point where we could do it really old school right and take a few things and print them up and do do the zine like they did in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. And you print it with mimeograph ink, which is that purple stuff that's got that really sure. cool smell. Rubs off on your fingers. Right? And do that and have those at the different events. If we're on the floor or if we're if we've got a booth or anything like that, we've got stuff that we can pass out. Um stickers magnets we're trying to think of all of the different things that we could do for perks and maybe since we've got so we've got an active chat here i'll take some suggestions because we've got some ideas for perks and one of the things that we talked about doing is making sure that it's all useful we don't want to just throw stuff out there that nobody's going to do anything with you know you stick it in a drawer and it goes away so um so challenge coins are probably not going to be on the list but you know we talked about mugs t-shirts of course uh, we've talked about bookmarks because a lot of us, uh, a lot of us read. Uh, so we talked about doing that. We've talked about, um, what? Uh, a lot of us read real books. Yeah. A lot of us read real books, not Twilight. Um, but <laughs> we, we, I now, in, in all easy. fairness to the Twilight readers, 
um, they were published in actual real book form. Yeah. There are, they are physical things. So we have to give them that. They are, in fact, reading physical books. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Sci-Fi Snob says we got to start some drama. So we'll, uh, we'll antagonize. We'll get into a, we'll get into, we'll get into a fight with the Twilight readership. Uh, First of all. Well, you got to start small. This is not, (laughs) talk about going retro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Dig back. Well, you know, what goes around, comes around. you know, what's old is new again, because, you know, eventually we'll be, you know, because now you've got the, the Vampire Chronicles coming back. So, well, know. yeah, so yeah, but you know, the Anne Rice drama was just not that entertaining. Um, I'm old enough to remember when it was new, um, <laughs> it wasn't particularly entertaining then either. Uh, by the way, uh, sci fi snob, uh, it did not go past my head. Uh, Town Crier is also a dead business, uh, it's also gone the way of the Town Crier. And you know, what's really interesting is that for everything that you said, have you noticed what's going on back here? <laughs> We've been back ever since Jason, you know, ran the little spot there, and I have not seen a single solitary thing about changing picks. Oh, hey, look at that! I'm deeply disappointed in you. I'm deeply, well, deeply hurt that we, you failed to notice. We have, we yeah. have in in enraptured and enchanted our audience so much. Is that what is our, that we're going to go with? with? Our Those witty are the terms banter that... and brilliant erudition. That, Those are uh, the terms you're going to go with. Sure, really. Why not? Okay. That uh, no, that one wasn't there before. No, it wasn't. Now I'm looking. I'm looking at the activity for our pre-launch, and I don't see any activity on our pre-launch yet. And it doesn't look like anybody signed up yet. Thirty-five minutes into the pre-launch, Mandela effect. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, because the one you had up there before was uh, uh, black and white, was it not? A dark one. Oh, I mean, the on the floor. On the floor. Cat knocked it down. You actually, got to, you actually got to see them knock it down. Yes. So there it is. Thank you, Dan. Dan says he signed up. It could be that the analytics are taking a little while to. Oh, uh, yeah. This stuff always lags behind. Yeah. I had. Uh, um, I deal with that for work all the time is updating things on on the company website and all. It's like 20 minutes later, it finally changes yeah. in the public side. Well, and this thing being the way it is with, with me not even knowing really what i'm doing i mean I, okay i've watched a number of different uh, creators talk about their their indiegogos i've seen a lot of projects get launched a lot of streams where people are talking about each other's projects and they're and they're throwing the links up and all of this stuff so i've got kind of an idea but it's at the same time it's that okay we're gonna jump off a cliff and pray and hopefully something happens so, you know, it is it is a leap of faith. It is. Will you find a parachute on the halfway down? <laughs> a, what's a parachute? Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where we're sitting there going, okay, hopefully there's water underneath. But at the same time, you slam into the water the wrong way, you're still you're still dead. Um, but you have there there comes a point where you're like, look, I, the opportunity is there. Take not taking it would be just as bad. Yeah. As well, taking <clears throat> the other thing too is, um, you know, where we sit there and, you know, uh, one of the things that we're talking about, what happens if we don't make, you know, if we don't meet our goal 
and it's it's a flexible goal. We set we're setting we're going to set it up to be a flexible goal. So even if we don't get the five thousand, whatever we do get, we'll have options because this is something that we talked about from the very beginning when we came back is setting up what I call abort or pivot points, which is basically we get to a certain step, we get to a certain milestone, or you know, we set a goal, we get we we get to a point where we can look around and we say, okay, is this working or not? If it is, do we keep going with it or do we do more? Or do we do something in addition right. to? If it's not working, figure out, okay, why is it not working? Is it not working because of something we're doing, because of something we're not doing, we're not doing the right thing? So these abort or pivot points are moments where we can sit there and, and measure our performance, measure what our results are at that point, and decide, do we keep going with it? Do we change it? Do we quit doing this this thing? So the abort or pivot point on these is going to be, okay, We if we make goal, great. If we go above goal, we're going to have to figure out what our stretch goals are going to be because we don't have that figured out yet. Sure. Um, if we don't make our goal, the options are repurpose the money into something that still allows us to do this kind of thing. So it becomes kind of a hybrid of the idea. Or we refund the money to everybody and we just – you know, go back to square one. So there are options already in place here internally for us to decide, okay, where are we going to be? Where are we, you know, what are we going to do if this, if this doesn't work? Um, I am hoping that there are enough people out there who can appreciate what we're trying to do. And what I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to get on a number of uh, a number of live streams, a number of podcasts. Uh, we're going to be talking to different, you know, I'm, I'm even going to be doing a couple of call-ins to radio stations to talk about some of this stuff because, you know, the media blitz begins to try to get people out there to to know that this is there. And a lot of it's going to be social media. We're going to be posting to all of the different social media channels. It's going to be really, really, really busy for us for the next couple of weeks just getting this out there and you know letting the churn happen and getting getting people involved and you know at the, at the very least they know about it and even if you don't want to or aren't able to put money into it at the very least if you could share it that helps as much as anything else and, you know, start, starting with all of the different things that we've been doing already, we just add to that and then, you know, see where we go from there. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that we're looking at as far as like our, our subscriptions on YouTube, for example, where we have, you know, right now we've got 1,372. That number keeps fluctuating. You know, it's been... 70 it's been 74 72 73 it keeps moving back and forth right there hovering at that point mm -hmm. i would love for that number to come up but i would rather if i had a choice i would rather have thirteen thousand watching us on our dot tv once that goes once it goes up if we meet our goals and if we're able to do everything that we want to do, 
the plan is for the all-new Sci-Fi For Me TV to launch in September. So it will be just like the old days with TV networks launching their fall season in September. So Labor Day weekend will be the kickoff. Yeah. And uh, I had a thought. No. Um, because what we're going to do, this, this actual campaign kicks off June 1st. So what I thought I might do is have people on staff join me for Chillin' with Pineapple Sunday night at 11 o'clock. I know you're looking at me like that. Um, you you probably won't, but do do the live stream with Pineapple and we do the big kick, the big countdown. And at midnight, push the button and the thing goes live and let's see what happens. <laughs> Who knows? Worth so, a shot. Worth a shot. So besides the shows that we've got now. Let me tell you a little bit about what what we're talking about doing because Tim Tim and is there's a there's a new show that will feature Tim and Leslie Walker if we could get everything put together for it uh, called Foreign Bodies. So Tim, why don't why don't you talk about that sure. with our favorite so, audience members here? So, so the uh, the idea behind Foreign Bodies is from the horror side of things. And certainly, we, we, this doesn't say we can't talk about science fiction as well, but, but primarily with horror, is that there's a huge amount of horror content that's being produced all around the world. The U.S. market, of course, is the one that we're most familiar with because we're here, but uh, a, so many American filmmakers were influenced by foreign cinema. And there's some fantastically interesting horror being produced all around the world. And, of course, everything from, you know, the amazing, incredibly influential, you know, Italian horror, South American horror. You get the French horror, the French New Wave. There's all these different, of course, J, uh, J, uh, the J horror stuff. There's so many really fantastic and interesting, different takes on the concept of what scares us. It happens all over the world, and so much of that stuff makes it so far into the American consciousness, or not at all. And so Leslie and I are going to be diving into various and sundry international horror. We're probably going to start in the wonderful world of Italian horror, which has some <laughs> great stuff in there and some also some, uh, well, you know, a bunch of special effects surrounded by credits. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of neat stuff there, you know, and that, and that's actually one of the things we're going to talk about America remakes, uh, American uh, studios remake a lot of those films. And to some degree, uh, some of that comes down to trans translation, uh, error between what the original culture finds scary and what Americans find scary. And sometimes that's not an easy one-to-one -one kind of thing. In fact, a lot of times it's not because we've all got different histories with our cultures with our with our countries, our cultures, our religions, all these different things, the different things that end up being scary. Um, and uh, there's just a rich, rich opportunity here to, to really explore some of these really interesting um, and, and influential in many cases, but also just unknown. There's a lot of stuff that Leslie and I are excited about because we haven't watched these movies. There's a ton of South American horror, everything from Mexico uh, all the way down to, you know, uh, Antarctica, really, that there's tons of content there that, that we just haven't watched. There's tons of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Japanese horror 
um, that, you know, is more than just scary little girls with long, dark hair, you know, looking damp. You know, there's more to that. There's a lot and and uh, exploring some of that and then learning about the cultural stuff that why it's scary to a different culture where it isn't scary for an American culture uh, or American audiences. So there's a lot, a lot to play with there. And um, and we're going to we're going to do the stuff that entertains us as well. We're you know, there's certain horror films that I've seen. I'm not sure if I want to watch again, no matter how good a show they might make discussing. Um, you know, but and there's certain stuff that Leslie is going to be interested in, and I'm and we, we're going to be entertaining ourselves, hopefully as much as entertaining you guys. Um, well, and, it should be fun. And the other idea that we've got, this is something we've been wanting to do for a while. Hi, McKenna. Um, we also want to do a show called Monsters 101, <laughs> and Monsters 101 is a show about monsters, but not in the way you might expect. You know, the the 101 aspect of it. It's going to be a mix of the historical and cultural aspects of a monster mixed with the media aspects of a monster. So, for example, the, you know, the, easiest, the easiest example is va vampires. Um, there are historical origins for the vampire figure in literature, in, in you know, folk tales, in, in history, and, and that kind of thing. So Mon what Monsters 101 will do is take, take a documentary-ish look at where this creature came from, and then how does it appear in, you know, how does it figure in media, pop culture, movies, TV books, comic books, that kind of thing. So hopefully it'll be a good mix of history and, and, and pop culture. And should I, mm, should I say who's been interested in that show? The folks down in Dallas, should I mention um, them yet? Let's just leave it there because they're not on board. They're not on board, but that's, they like the not... idea. Let's not put let's not put words in anyone's mouth. Let's just say yeah. There's a there's a chance there's a chance. We'll have to see how it plays out. Um, the cool thing about that is that when you it's, again some of the same benefits of, of playing with something like uh, foreign bodies is that there's so much out there that's such a rich vein of of the core images of some of these these monsters, uh, whether it's vampires or werewolves or 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 the banshees or, or ghosts or all these different things. And each culture looks at it a little bit differently. Yeah. And they have different ways of coming at this idea. There's some core things that run through, but there's also these, and, and again, it's so much of this stuff is just not out in the public public uh, mindset in, in American culture. And it's just, a, it's a, we got oceans in between us. You know, sometimes this stuff just doesn't, doesn't uh, make its way over internet or not. And, and the world, um, you know, as close as we can get, uh, as we have been, there's still so much, so much cool stuff that people just don't know. Yeah. So that's a, that's a thing that we're going to try to do. Um, we want to do more coverage of comic books. Mm -hmm. We want to do more book reviews. 
Um, we were doing a show called Trailer Park for a while where basically we just kind of do some analysis of movie trailers. We want to bring that back. Uh, the book review program is uh, right now tentatively called the Fourth Chapter Book Club, which basically, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like a book club. We get people together, and, and everybody, everybody has a book. And when you're reading a book, at some point you get to the point where you know, I'm not going to finish this book. Or, oh, this is a really good book. I'm going to keep going. Um, it's that, you know, again, that abort or pivot point. But that, that thing where you decide, yeah, I'm going to keep reading the book. So what we're going to do with the four-chapter book club is the people that are that are in that panel, they'll read. You know, we get books all the time here for, for reviews. So read the book up to the fourth chapter. And then we discuss, okay, well, here's the book that I was reading. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Past the fourth chapter, am I going to finish it? And then, you know, at a later episode, you could come back and do a review of the book. And, and hopefully we could get a written review at some point as well to tie in. Because all of this has got to be connected. So, you know, fourth chapter book club, and maybe even we get a patch. You know, if you're if you're a member of the fourth chapter book club, you get a patch to put on your shoulder. You know, it's just stuff like that. Um, I, we've talked about uh, well, there the edumacation of Mrs. Boss is an idea for a show because you know, for those of you who have been paying attention for a while to this program uh we have talked about the fact that that mindy is younger and as a result has missed a good chunk of the the pop culture the 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 the, the genre stuff that tim and i are familiar with and so i we've been going through and you know i've been you know we're going through farscape we're going through stargate I've just introduced her to Gargoyles and the animated X-Men and, you know, those kind of things. Yeah, first rule about book club. Um, you always talk about book club. Always talk That's about the book. first rule of book club. Yeah. So those kind of things. And, you know, the Cribs, the Cribs thing where we talk about different collections, that's, that's, on, the, that's on the list. Um, you know, Sci-Fi for Me Journal. Uh, which basically is a riff on um, uh, Four Country Reporter is how I grew up watching it. It was a show in Dallas. It was produced by Bob Phillips. And he goes around to these small towns in Texas and finds these really interesting stories about people. And it started on Channel 4, which was the CBS affiliate at the time. Moved over to Channel 8, which is now ABC affiliate. And now it's called Texas Country Reporter, and it's online. You can find it on YouTube. And it's still, you know, you go and find the the, the interesting stories in those small, out-of-the-way towns. Right. And we could do stuff like that. And, you know, we could talk to, to people about their fandoms and about why they're fans and what... what what they like about being a fan and their, that particular thing. And of course the events is going to be the big thing is, you know, going to the different event organizers like read pop, like 
Wizard World and and sitting there Fan Expo, and say there's well Fan Expo is Read Pop. Never mind. No, Fan Expo is not Read Pop. Fan Expo is Fan Expo. Talking to these event organizers and sitting there saying, okay, here's what we can do. Let us let us do something here and really expand out what we want to do with our event coverage like we've really wanted to do. Put six people, ten people there and, you know, go full tilt wall-to-wall coverage from the event. Panel reports, interviews, you know, streaming Q&As and that kind of thing. So we're very ambitious. Uh, I have... I have a lot of uh, a lot of ideas for the channel that probably would scare the staff if they knew all of the ideas that I had for the channel. Jason uh, regularly frightens us, though, so we're we're used to living in terror. I mean, uh, 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 perhaps I've said too much. Yeah. Uh, so, so there it is. So that's going to be uh-huh. the thing what we do and if uh if it goes then it goes if it doesn't go then well but you know you have to try and and folks you know if there's a way you can help 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 with this that's fantastic if you're interested in writing for us if you're interested in being a part of the production side of this you know we'd love to hear from you guys Uh, we appreciate you guys showing up uh week after week and hanging out with us as we talk about this stuff but if you're interested in being involved, you want to contribute, we're always interested in talking about that. Some of you may be comfortable with that, some of you may be not. Um, and obviously, if you can help support um, what we're doing here then in a financial way, then that's great too. Yep. But that's not necessary. It's never been necessary. Uh, we appreciate it when people can, but we're, you know, the fact that you show up and, and even pay attention to what we do is is of value to us in so many ways so and and for those of you who are interested in that. in long-term support you know because these this this indiegogo is going to go for 30 days uh if anybody yeah. is interested in other other ways to support Come the on. channel we do have a subscribe uh, subscribe star account i always say that too fast i stumble over it every single time there are two tiers, $5 and $10, that you can uh, do that as a way to support us if you're interested. Um, again, none of this stuff is obligatory. We don't expect anyone to do this. Um, I, you know, I'm always surprised whenever we do get some degree of success for anything. Uh, we've also got a discount negotiated over at... Um, SuperheroStuff.com, where you can get uh, 10% off with the promo code Sci-Fi for Me 10. So save some money that way that you can then use to donate to our cause. And McKenna's always frightened because I keep I keep pushing. Do a little more. Do a little more. You're ready to go live now, right? You're ready to go live. We're gonna do it live next time, right? <laughs> McKenna is our host for. Um, um, Salacious Crumbs, which is our Star Wars news program, and that is on the second and fourth full weeks of the month, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Unless it goes live, in which case we might move to 8, but... And and that's the other thing, is with all of the YouTube stuff, 
and and I've seen this discussion with a number of, of another uh, a number of channels where you know there are so many streams going on simultaneously and nobody knows when anybody's going to stream so they're stumbling all over each other because you know a lot of these channels have the same audience um you know robert robert in the chat i've seen him in a number of different stream chats uh matawine i've seen in in other other places so you know we share an audience with a, with a lot of these other groups and it helps to have a consistent schedule for programming. And that's one of the things that we've been trying to do here is all of our live stuff generally is 8 o'clock or 8.30, depending on the show. Uh, and our pre-recorded stuff would go at 7, just to make it easier to everybody to keep track. And we want it to be appointment television. So basically, this show happens every single time at this time on this day. Um, Good Morning Multiverse is every Saturday at 9 o'clock. So we're trying to maintain that regular schedule. Even though it's YouTube and anybody can watch it at any time, we're trying to be consistent when we when we put the content out so that people know, oh, hey, it's Tuesday. I'll get a new show, whether it's uh, Salacious Crumbs or, uh, or Triple Bites, which we'll have tomorrow night. Because it's the first and third Tuesday, and then you have um, so Salacious Crumbs and Triple Bites are Star Wars and our Star Trek news programs alternate weeks at this point. For now. Mm -hmm. So. And then we have shows like Tartar Sauce on every other Wednesday. Yep. And that'll be on this coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, we are going to be discussing. We're going to go. We're going to go back into the archives of Doctor Who, and we're going to talk about the first of the Peter Cushing Doctor Who movies. That which, if if your brain just said, what, Peter yeah. Cushing Doctor movies? You know what? There's, again, that's another one that hasn't quite got the exposure in the U.S. Although, my first exposure to it was, uh, you know, at a science, you know, science fiction conventions. Um, that's how a lot of people actually saw the the Cushing Doctor movies, but there's some fun stuff to be had there. Yep. So we're looking forward to it. You know, McKenna, I'm kind of liking the way you think. A crossover episode between Triple Bites and Salacious Crumbs, that could actually destroy the universe. Which, you know, you never know. So for a reasonable donation to the Indiegogo <laughs> account, we will we will we will take the risk. We will we will risk universal destruction. Well, now, see, and that's the other thing. I've got to figure out because th you know, this being new and us not not making a book because we're not – all of these different Indiegogo cameras that I've been looking at, they're making a comic book. They're, act they're actually making a tangible thing they're shipping out and they're delivering. And so part of that, you've got, you know, you've got your pinup posters, you've got your trading cards, you've got your other ancillary media that go with these books. Star Who Trek. Oh, my. Uh, that could be an interesting show. Um, Star Who Trek. Hmm. I um, we'll have to we'll have to look at that. Did um, you not already say, McKenna, that Jason already has ideas? Did you have to <laughs> add another one? Although, if we're going to do that, maybe Who Trek Wars or Trek Who Wars or Who Who Trek Wars? Because you know, Star could be either one of them. Uh, you know this. This actually, see what you've done. 
See what you've done, McKenna. This actually could be a. Have no one but thing. yourself to blame. Who Trek Wars? I just want um, you to know who's responsible for this. You know that. Not my fault. The folks, this is not my fault. This could be. McKenna's. This could be the show because you know every now and again the way the calendar falls, <laughs> we get one extra. Too late, McKenna. One extra week, right? Too late to say you. Either sorry. you know extra two or three days at the beginning of the calendar or toward the end of the calendar, right? So that could be our that could be our filler our filler round table show that we do on Friday night. Yeah. Because the same week we do salacious crumbs, we have the ranker pit and the same week as triple bites, we have deep space mines, but every now and again, we did that extra Friday. That could be, I, I, I'm, I, I'm good with that. E. <laughs> and when, and when, and when this all happens, Tim will engineer and produce. The survivors emerge from the wreckage. And we will all have superpowers at that point. We will all know who to blame. McKenna. <laughs> uh, so there we are. Now, if if <laughs> you have... Uh, if you Ranker have a Mind Pit? Ranker Mud Pit? What? Ranker... What? Oh, Mind Pit. Ranker that's mud a different pit. show. That's yeah. a, that's a, yeah, that could be a, it's a completely could different be a show. thing. Um, now somebody pointed out the other day and I don't, I, it really kind of wasn't a conscious thing, but it kind of worked out that way. If you look at the names of a good bit of our, of our shows, there seems to be, uh, there seems to be a theme almost with some of the titles of our shows where you have uh, salacious crumbs you have tartus sauce you have triple bites and yes bites is spelled with a y so it's you know in, information of course but it's someone pointed out the other day that that our titles have kind of a food element to some of them um, so do we continue that trend? Cause the fourth chapter book club doesn't really do that. Uh, foreign bodies. I don't even want to try I like it. foreign bodies. I mean, it's, it's a clever play oh, on yeah. the whole thing. Oh, um, and, and honestly the, you know, for as, for as much as there has been a, a serious, uh, repetition of food themes, um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, we don't. Here we go. We're hungry for sci-fi. It goes great with coffee. No question. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't think we need to continue along that trend. If we, if we come up with a nifty title that plays with that, sure. Mm. Sure. But uh, Should... forcing forcing some of these into food themes, uh, probably a bad plan. Should, speaking of coffee, um, what, what would you think about... Well, see, we don't have a coffee sponsor. I've talked to people right. about it. We've talked to, you know, we've talked about this idea of, you know, finding a coffee company to be a sponsor, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we don't have, we don't have that yet. We don't have those, uh, we don't have that in place. We don't have the, the, that, that thing there. Um, but we do have an idea for a poster if we can find a coffee company 
to sponsor. I think we've got a really good idea for a poster. I just need to find it. Where did I put it? Um, here it is. Okay, I'm going to open this up in Photoshop. <laughs> Best part of waking up sci-fi in your cup. I like that. I mm -hmm. like that. Because we are going to sell mugs. Uh, we do have mugs. We have coffee mugs. It's got our logo, our brand. And I think we're going to be able to do two sizes. You know, this is the 11 ounce. I think we're going to also be able to do a 15 ounce. Uh, and we're and we're also talking about maybe possibly I got to look at the cost uh, doing a um, Yeti maybe uh, so here is <clears throat> I'll put this up here this is a thing that we have been talking about for quite a while and it kind of goes uh, it kind of riffs off of a, a meme from the walking dead if daryl dies we riot uh is where i first ran across this and i thought that would be funny as a poster to have this uh on your wall and you know here's our here's our little brand and stuff and of course there's there's room for a sponsor if we do sponsor or we could just print the poster and sell it and it could just be ours but there's uh there's our there's our coffee poster i think that's actually the very first time that i've ever made that public that anybody has ever seen that um make it a sticker mckenna says uh we could we could do that i'm waiting uh, I still haven't got it yet. I'm waiting for, we did a, a test run, uh, ordered a set of stickers with our logo, die-cut stickers with our logo. I'm waiting for them to arrive to see how they look because uh, there'll, be a, there'll be a level, there'll be a tier, uh, a, very, a very, you know, the low-level tier, uh, you get a sticker. And, you know, something you, you just put on your laptop and hopefully they're decent enough quality. I don't want to go cheap and have something kind of rip apart and no, peel and whatever. No, we want to make sure they're good quality. That's just a given. Do what? So we want to make sure they're good quality. That's just a given. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there we are. That's our. That's our stuff. That's our. We've gone. We've gone longer than I anticipated for this, but. Um, we do that. We've been known. We've been known to go over. That. Yeah. Well, a bit. you know, it's for a good cause. Yeah. No kidding. But uh, so far, I'm not seeing any activity on the, on the thing. Now, some people have said they've signed up. I don't know how long it takes for this to, to uh, to update. There's often but, a lag time for this stuff, and it yeah. just depends on how their how their own their own internal algorithms work, which we Gosh. started off the show talking about. So, <laughs> there we are. So, okay. So that's going to do it here tonight. Um, let me, let me put this in the chat one more time for people to see. Yeah, we could do a poster, uh, throw our, our I mean, a t-shirt. We could throw our, uh, throw our logo on the back and do the big coffee thing on the front. There's right. all sorts of possibilities we could do with it. Oh, sure. So, all right. So there it is. Sign up for the pre-launch and we are going three mugs in a movie. <laughs> That's that's not a bad that's not bad. That's uh, not bad at and all. And we could get Tom to boys. You're watching three mugs in a movie. Um, <laughs> right. 
right? Okay. Well, that, that would be fun. All right, so that's uh, that's going to do it for us now. Uh, well, keep an eye on this, and we'll be blasting all over social media and and stuff for this uh, for a long while. And then, of course, June first is when the campaign goes live, um, unless we're hit with some massive disaster between now and then, or you know, the cats kill us or something. But June first is the plan. So, there we are. All right. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Uh, nice active chat tonight. This is uh, this is something we enjoy getting all of the feedback and suggestions. Oh, no kidding. If you have yeah. suggestions for stretch goals, for perks, you know something that we make. Again, this is a new thing for us. Uh, you can send us an email h two o at sci fi for me dot com, or you can leave a comment down here on the on the video thread. And we'll take them into consideration. Sergeant Wack, thank you very much. We appreciate that feedback. Um, and all of you participating in the chat tonight, thanks very much for your thoughts and comments and, and uh, sharing all of the all of the stuff. And Yes, thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the interaction. Yeah. And that is something we're going to try to continue on the new on the new site mm -hmm. is to have a chat yeah. widget in there so we won't lose this. So anyway, all right. So that's going to do it. We're going to get out of here. And uh, don't forget, uh, we're on all of the social media. You can see the icons up there at the top of the screen. Uh, H2O at sci-fi for me.com is the email address. You've got the subscribe star. Now we've got this uh, Indiegogo pre-launch pre that's up. So go check that out. Uh, share it with your friends. Have your notifications on because we're going to be posting different things. And uh, we will be back with this show next week. Thanks for watching, folks. Good night. Good night. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.